Coming soon to a theater near you, it's The Equalizers, a weekly podcast where two idiots drop a cinema sibling in the lap of a perfectly content solo film. My name is Mike Knoll, and I am joined, as always, by the sequel to my prequel, Madison Jones. Madison Jones, are you in good form? Oh, sorry, Mike. I'm just, I'm just uh, working on my computer. Man, I wish Madison had a better bit for the opening. Me too. Me too. Ac- no, access granted. What's better access bit? Granted. Access granted. Access better bit. Android. <laughs> I just also realized no one's going to get that joke. No one's going to get that joke. At one, all. because we don't tell people beforehand what we're watching. And two, no one's going to be like, oh, Invisible Dad. I love that Oh, movie. yeah, Invisible Dad. <laughs> God, um, guys, we're doing Invisible Dad this week, and it is a really great, great movie. Um, it's, uh, we realized in our scheduling that this episode was going to be released the day after Father's Day, so we figured we'd do a dad movie dedicated to all you papa bears out there, all big daddies. The ones who have the mugs with the number one dad thing on it. Yeah. The Papa Higantes. Papa. The Papa New Guineas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Let's do this. I mean, this this is this is setting the precedent of like This is gonna be a weird one. This is gonna be a weird one. Another <laughs> another another weird one. Uh because this movie is horrendously bad, but it's the so bad it's good. Yeah, like, it's legitimately a so bad it's good. I would say it's the I I don't think I've ever laughed as hard or as often in like watching one of those types of movies. I probably laughed at this movie like in a so bad it's good way more than I did in the room. I don't even know. I I honestly, Madison, I think we need to break precedent and do synopsis before reviews. Okay, because I feel like in the reviews they're gonna reference things. And this movie is so buck wild that they may not even sound like they're about the same movie. Yeah. yeah. Unless we like preface with the synopsis. Yeah. Okay. So I'll start off and um, we'll kind of like reform this one this week because mm-hmm. uh, we, we just watched it last night, both of us. And there's not a lot online about this that we can even like reference for like, <laughs> oh, this is the plot and everything. Also, the plot go- has like so much shit in it that it's nearly un- like it's not understandable so here's what let's start with yeah just as an idea on imdb this is the summary that is given yeah for this movie doug bailey's father is weird but a strange machine in the garage now makes him invisible too it's a roller coaster ride of fun and hijinks as doug tries to turn his invisible dad back to normal again so that gives us like a jumping off point at least yeah also i couldn't remember the names of anybody from this movie oh no not at all Let's, 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 you know what, let's, as we're doing the synopsis, let's reconstruct those names in, in that classic Madison Jones style. Okay, well, there's, I guess Doug is the name of the kid from that, mm-hmm. and then Invisible Dad is Invisible Dad. Mm-hmm. Cosmo from the Fairly Odd Parents, the guy who voices Cosmo. And... Yeah, yeah, that was, that's a fun fact about this, yeah, he's the voice of that, and he's actually, I recognized his voice, like, definitely, mm-hmm. like, immediately, I'm like, he is in something. Darren Norris. I saw that name in the opening credits, and I think that's him. I think yeah. that's that actor's name. Yeah. Uh, there is the blonde teacher who the dad falls in love with. Yep. There's uh, Very quickly, they fall in love. There's conspiracy neighbor. 
who is kind of also playing like Loki, a prospector. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mix between Rambo and Stinky Pete from uh, Toy Story 2. Yeah. And there's also like kid friend. Yeah, the most slack jawed kid friend I've ever. <laughs> Man, if we gave episode titles that weren't the title of our movie, Slack John Kid Friend would be a great title. <laughs> well, what killed me throughout the whole movie, and this is also, this is getting sidebar, we have a whole movie to mm-hmm. riff, but like, the the kid in The Kid Friend, like Doug mm-hmm. and his friend, had this exact same haircut. <laughs> yeah, it was, and it was a very like 90s, <laughs> cool, like middle school yeah. haircut. Yeah, but that... To get on track a little bit more, yeah, we're, yeah. we're uh, this kid and his dad move to this new neighborhood, and they seem to move all the time because of his job as an architect. Yeah, which that's sidebar that. Yeah, like just understand that we can't dig into every inconsistency or weird ball shit on this, or else that's the episode. Yeah. It's just us talking about the movie and not making one. Yeah, so. and. Part of what happens uh, uh, every single time that they move, Doug, the son, has to clean the garage, and he finds in the garage a machine that hooks up to his computer that uh, grants him wishes. <laughs> right. So the house was owned by like an inventor. Yeah. Uh, which conspiracy neighbor comes by to tell him because conspiracy neighbor by this point has met the dad and is convinced that they're aliens. He's convinced that they're aliens or there's something. So we learn that the house was owned by a wacky inventor, and Doug is a computer kid who's trying to build his own computer, and that's why he's like takes the invention inside and plugs it in to see what it does. Yeah, he also says the line like, and I don't know what he meant by this. He's like, I can't afford a computer, but I build them. Yeah, I think it's spare parts is that he finds. Parts? He's building okay. his own computer because he can't afford to buy one. Okay. He used like, to buy parts for computers, you know. Like I yeah. don't know. <laughs> Again, <laughs> okay. So, uh, um, him and his dad have this show that they watch that I believe it's called Shore Leave. I don't think I said that before we were recording. I think I made that up. It's something like that, but it's basically a busty, busty babes on the beach type show. And there doesn't seem to be anything else that happens in the show besides like, it's just a bunch of beautiful women running around in bathing suits and like posing with like arms behind their heads and like, it's basically like cable porn yeah like the most pornographic it's like baywatch if it had less of a plot and it's this kid's favorite show and he loves to watch it just in the living room with his dad so because he's messing with this machine he doesn't clean out the garage the dad comes back and gets really pissed and is like you're no you're not watching tv tonight you're cleaning out the garage and the kid was walking over from his computer goes god i wish it was four o'clock again which is the first wish that he makes where he realizes that this is what work, how it works. So he cleans out the garage and the dad comes home. And he's like, while well, he's watching the show and his dad comes home, he's like, I clean out the garage. And then dad's like, oh yeah, good job. And he goes, hey, it's shore leave. You want to watch? And then it's like, yeah, I could use a break. So this kid and his dad are watching cable porn together, basically. <laughs> and then uh, we also find out that the dad like meets his like boss or whatever for like mm-hmm. this job. And they have a conversation where it's revealed that uh, the invisible dad is going to build a shopping mall. And uh, he got chosen over this other guy who's like really upset that this guy has come in and like mm-hmm. taken the um, taken the job from him. 
And during this conversation, the boss lady says something to the tune of, we're a very small firm. We don't do the big, big jobs that the big firms do. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which it, it reminds me of if anyone's ever seen BoJack Horseman. Okay. Uh, I haven't watched the recent seasons, but in the first few seasons, there's a three kids in a trench coat. I love him. And he says stuff like, oh, I'm going to my business job in the business factory. And that's all yeah. I thought about when that lady said that. And just to give you a clue of like what type of writing is in this movie. Oh, yeah. It's not good at all. Yeah. Uh, so the kid invites his, skips school the next day and invites his weird friend over. And they wish that the star of Shore Leave, whose name I don't remember, I'm going to say, it's, it's like something with a V, so I'm just going to call her Vicky Vale, who's a Batman character. Yeah. They wish that she was in the room with them, and she appears in her bathing suit, and they convince her they're aliens. So that's happening, and then the dad gets a call that the kid didn't show up at school, so he goes home, but not before he vetoes using this, for the building, using this company that uh, supposedly uses substandard parts. Which sweaty other coworker uh, who wanted the job instead of Cosmo from Fairly Odd Parents uh, <laughs> is like against. He says that that's a rumor, but Cosmo puts his foot down uh, and goes home to catch Vicky Vale in his son's room, and she immediately talks about how cool and into she is about aliens. Yeah, her. yeah. <laughs> And then the son says, oh, you can go away now uh, or whatever. Or like, so, yeah, like th- th- he wishes her back to wherever she was. Yeah. And she's like upset about it. She's like, hey. Uh, so, so his dad tells him to destroy the machine yeah. and he goes into the bathroom and the son says angrily, I wish sometimes I wish my dad would just disappear in which the dad then becomes invisible. Yeah. But the kid does destroy the machine, not knowing what he's done. So now his dad is stuck invisible. Mm-hmm. And I think from here we can broad strokes it a lot because... Yeah, I mean, basically the rest of the movie is trying to find the, how to make the dad not invisible anymore, right? And and also the architect thing is happening. And yep. Basically, they're, like a B-plot is the sweaty colleague is taking bribes from that company that uses substandard materials. They're making bricks out of a little bit of cement, a little bit of stone, and flour. And flour, yeah. That somehow fool everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, they're, he's, he has to try and get back control of the project. Uh, he ends up stealing the dad's uh, plans and p- pawning them off as his own, because the dad's not going into work because he's invisible. Yeah. There's another story where the teacher and the dad fall in love extraordinarily quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the story of the kid rebuilding the machine. And he steals something, and then he gets caught. Yeah. yeah. So there's a scene where he's stealing parts from a hardware store, like electronics store, and he gets caught, and so they're at the jail, and the dad and the teacher show up, and the teacher goes in, and the dad takes off all his clothes and goes in entirely invisible and starts, like, kicking the sheriff and the guy so that they get in a fight, and then at one point hits them with a mop. But there's a scene with the mop, uh, and you'll know the one I said, where he, like, jabs it into their face, or whatever, like you can see a hand, like a human hand holding the mop. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't actually remember that. <laughs> it's like right when he hits them the first time, and they turn around, and then he does like something with the mop. You can see hit like a human hand, like visible human hand oh, holding man. the mop. God. Uh, so they are having trouble fixing the machine. It's at this point that the inventor's brother, who <laughs> is a jewel hunter in Africa, yeah sees the article about he's like the, a safari man 
yeah he's he's like a vague big game hunter but it's a he looks for jewels yeah uh sees the article in a tabloid uh about vicky vale and aliens and he recognizes the city name is where his brother used to live so he returns to town to help them fix the machine uh something about a gem like silicon i mm. don't know the, they fix the machine the dad proves that it was his his designs he's visible again and he and the teacher presumably hook yeah. up that's yeah. i mean it's we're again broad strokes but really it's just a lot of weird details also the conspiracy neighbor is around a lot trying to prove they're aliens and there's like a lady who lives with him yeah i don't know who it is is it his daughter is it his wife is it it doesn't seem like they're related or connected at no, all she just sits on uh, the couch and comments on what he's doing like, if if anybody listening has ever watched the show bewitched it's like conspiracy neighbor is gladys or whatever at the window like always spying on him oh they're doing something weird and the girl who lives with him is like the husband who's always just like all right whatever who then at the end turns out to actually be an alien yeah it's listen just go watch invisible dad pause this watch invisible dad and come back yeah and the thing is you will laugh through the entire freaking movie because it is so funny like of how bad it is and I, I've never laughed so hard at a movie in like a long, long time. There's also a lot of weird sound effects that they like the most like basic Foley work. And there was a scene towards the end where like the dad drips the du- the douche guy in the office down to his like underwear or something. And it's after he knocks him out in the bathroom uh, yeah. for stealing his work and stuff. It's not like he's just in an office like taking this dude's clothes off. I mean. He did do that to the lady at the end. Yeah, that was a little bit of an unfortunate yeah. moment in this movie where he trips the sweaty colleague and the guy trips and basically as he stumbles, he catches a lady by her dress and rips the whole dress off. Now she's wearing like a very large like slip underneath it, so it's not like sexualized, but it was still kind of like an unfortunate like involuntary assault. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there's a part where he, that dude, the sweaty dude, is running down the hallway, and then there's a sound effect that sounds like a whistle. It's like, <laughs> like the <laughs> slide whistle? Like, it's like the slide whistle. Yeah. yeah. And that kind of stuff is throughout the whole movie. And just bad effects and really. Just bad writing. Just it's bad so writing. Bad. All right. Yeah. So, Madison, you obviously liked this movie. And I kind of like this movie. Let me rephrase that. You obviously enjoyed this movie very much. Yeah. And I, and I did, too, to an extent. I don't know if I did as much as you, but I'm sure the internet has opinions. Yeah. The thing is, like, not a lot of people have seen this movie. We're really, like, giving this 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 uh, this uh movie some business, I think, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh, and people might actually go watch it. Uh, there are five reviews on IMDb. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes doesn't even have a review section set up for okay. it. So, like, I found, like, one um, okay, that I think is pretty good. This, this movie, uh, this one's called... The dad turns invisible. Whoopsie doodle. By Sizzler Hands one two one two, in January two thousand eight. This okay. movie made me want to bang my head up against the wall. It is hard to compare such badness as this to anything. But some say, but some may say that watching this movie is similar to bleeding from under your fingernails. <laughs> Ugh. I, and that comment comes from the writer's cousin. So apparently, this guy is the writer's cousin. Or he's either quoting the writer's cousin, but he doesn't expel on that at all or explain that anymore. This movie was so flipping bad, it made Hulk, 
the second worst movie ever, look like The Departed, one of the greatest movies in cinematic history. If you like boring family movies with predictable plot lines, then you will absolutely love this movie. If you have a brain, then you definitely will not. Sorry, Madison. Yeah, sorry. I guess I, I don't have don't have one up there. I actually fell asleep while watching it. The next day, I finished it where I left off, and it was the worst decision of my life. So, there this, you go. There it is. Yeah. The rest of them are just like the rest of the, like the reviews are reasonable reasonable like it's like yeah this is a bad movie that's the problem i found with a lot of the movies we do at times is like they aren't funny they're just like reasonable mm-hmm. or nine paragraphs yeah long. That, that was only like real review i could find uh, a lot of they're just like yeah it it's a bad movie this guy makes bad movies so here's here's what i have for us i think we need one more review i think we can't get away with okay. less than two reviews let's make our own review okay. alternating one word at a time all right so first is the title, and you start with this movie. I eat some sex paraphernalia, <laughs> rather than watching it ever again. Starburst. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So with this movie, I don't. I can't even remember that title. I, I can't even remember okay. it. So what's the username on it? I'll start with King Dwarf sixty nine. 69 because he's cool all right so the review the review this movie didn't even get invisibility right on top of which as anybody who's read hg wells knows invisibility comes from chemicals not from machinery and i'm a level nine wizard too so like i know the visibility components and it has nothing to do with science zero stars zero stars Boom. We did it. All right. Yeah, there we go. It's two reviews. Kingdorf69. Check him out on all the review sites. We should create that username. I know. We and... <laughs> so let's start the pitch. So, let's get into this goddamn thing. Yeah, let's. So maybe the jumping off point will be the machine, right? Yeah. Do we think that original Invisible Dad is still in it? Or in Sun, or did someone else get the machine? Yeah, I don't know. I really was left very uninspired by this movie, which yeah. I mean, it's not a problem. We've done it before, so I'm not really. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe we don't go Invisible Dad. We do Invisible <laughs> Dog. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this idea out there: extra visible, extra visible Dad. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but <laughs> maybe it's that uh, everyone looks like his oh, dad. Yeah, it's another machine that makes everybody like look like his dad. Yeah. Okay. And it's hard to and he loses his dad and it's hard to find him. Yeah, it's like a where's Waldo. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of like if you ever saw um I mean this is talking about like a face blindness disease, but uh Anomalisa. Oh yeah, Anomalisa. That's a weird Anima- movie. Yeah, we where everyone looks point. the same. Yeah. I like the idea behind it of like this guy just basically sees everybody as like so uninteresting they're basically the same person until yeah. he meets that one lady anomalisa who's her own person mm-hmm. but uh it's a weird one that yeah. would be interesting to do okay so extra visible dad <laughs> extra visible dad everyone looks like his dad they i guess what's the, what are the stakes what why would that be hard to find out who his dad really is because his his dad is so i think everybody has to not just look like his dad they have to also like have his dad. memories yeah. and everything because it's like the classic 
two people look alike and then they like wrestle around and they jump up and it's mm-hmm. oh which one's the real one yeah uh, so i think that's maybe okay wait what if it's okay it's clones clones okay. of his dad because they have to not kill but he has to pick one and that's the one that gets to stay slash live slash still exist okay and so and i don't know there has to be something about the clones where if he, if he picks a clone it's bad other than like because like if they're all identical to some extent the kid's not gonna be out his dad yeah that's true it's his same dad so it, there needs to be some second turn well well let's let's come up with like the what is happening like what the conflict is sure maybe the uh sweaty dude finds out about the machine and kind of like deduces what happened in the first movie and he goes <laughs> fucking sherlock holmes <laughs> somehow he deduces like there was an invisible person here and they made me do all that stuff yeah i think we need a new threat i i mm-hmm. i think sweaty colleague doesn't really coming back for that i don't like i'm i think i'm more interested in a new antagonist than a new antagonist resurrecting okay. sweaty colleague okay why would why would his dad being cloned be a bad thing necessarily yeah uh okay so there's well there's too many of them obviously yeah. is an easy i think that it's also more like conflict amongst the dads of being there for the kid yeah it, he's too present in his life it's like uh <laughs> it's like mr Meeses. there's too many of them and they're like controlling the kid's life too much or like they're all disagreeing with how to raise their son yeah and i'm thinking also they're like helping him with his homework one dad's helping him with his homework and all the other dads are like oh i want to help him with his homework i'm his dad there's too many dads and not enough time with the the son and so everyone always feels like they're missing out yeah and also i mean the sexy teacher but yeah the the teacher uh obviously that would be a problem for her because now she has like i mean assuming they got married yeah I let's guess, just assume or, like, they do assume they get married and she's new mom and um at first they're like oh yeah let's like this is great like maybe it's the dad's idea to like clone himself yeah he's like man i just wish there were like four of me and then <laughs> yeah, yeah okay i like that i like we, we bring back the original machine we don't have to build up a whole new like cloning machine no okay and he does that and at first it's like really weird for like the kid and the the mom but with time it's like oh yeah i mean so much stuff is getting done this is great i get to spend time with my dad the wife gets to spend time with the dad and the dad gets to do the work as well Mm -hmm. you know and i like i i read a a short story at one point with with like a cloning thing and i like the idea that the clones equally believe that they're not the clone Mm -hmm. so there is there's that conflict so especially when it comes to like Whenever we figure out why we need the the real to figure out who the real dad is so that he can stay and the others have to go, there is the stakes of like they all believe they're the real dad. It's not like oh we know we're clones we just don't want to go. It's like we all think we're real like the real original guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we I think we have a scene where he's like I man I just wish there was like three of me and so two more dads come out mm-hmm. of the machine <laughs> and. And they're played by Ted Danson and Tom Selleck. And, and Tom Selleck. Sorry, Stephen. What's that guy's Gutenberg. name? Gutenberg. Steve Gutenberg. Don't get to be in this one. Well, no, he's the fourth dad. He's if it happens. Dad. For the record, we were going to do My Three Dads for this episode, and we watched the movie, and then 
like the night before we recorded, I looked at it with Wikipedia and found out it had a sequel. And that's why we we watched this movie last night. Yeah, I googled movies with the word dad in the title and found <laughs> Visible Dad. <laughs> but I think this is good. I mean, I think this like I think this is a plot that has come out before. Like, I don't know if we're great virtuing on anything that's like What do you mean, the clone dads? Yeah, like there being like more of someone or like it's like man i just wish that like i could have someone do everything for me you know yeah 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 you sometimes it's like robots or sometimes it's clones or okay so what's the what's the what's the thing like what happens what's the antagonist what's the problem it's where it turns maybe the clones find out that there's got to be a reason where like the family and dad prime think that like maybe they put like a a bracelet on dad prime and hmm. or some sort of like identifiers like okay this is the original dad and they deduce like they do that f- at the beginning like the, yeah. the the mom the teacher mom is like listen let's let's take a precaution here and mark original dad dad prime yeah and they cut off one of his fingers and that's how they know <laughs> well no because that's biological the clones would have the one less finger that's true all clones after that would have one less finger so they keep cutting off and the I dad's think... finger <laughs> Okay. Oh, wait. Okay. Hold on. I have an idea. Go ahead. The clones start cloning themselves to make factions mm-hmm. to, like, I guess have, like, war with each other or whatever. So, like, one of the clones cuts off a finger and it clones them. So then all of his side only have, like, so many fingers. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, like, one of the dads, like, I don't want to say, like, scars himself or something, but, like, yeah. they're, they're doing biological things so that they can tell their factions apart and this is so i think the problem isn't we have to figure out which one's dad prime i think it's more of like how do we solve this (laughs) clone war invisible dad 2 the clone wars invisible dad 2 the clone wars yeah i feel like extra visible dead stopped working as soon as it was clones but i like i think this (laughs) i like this so they they start having factions um why do they start having factions though well i think like the factions start with like okay well this these dads are hanging out with the kid. Mm-hmm. These dads are hanging out with mom. These other dads are doing work stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe at the one point he actually find founds his own like architecture firm. That's just dads. <laughs> I like your idea earlier of diff- ideological differences in parenting. Yeah, or how okay. they. I think that could be a good like, and then they just get like militant about it. Yeah, it's like considerations. It's like I think maybe. I think we could one one set of dads only cares about like what's good for Doug. I was thinking that as well. And like the other set only care about what's good for mom. And the other set work. And the other set is like, no, it's about providing money for this household and everything. I think this is really good. Yeah. And so. Oh, and they're fighting over like the wishing machine is like. Yeah. Their weapon, like the doomsday, like everybody's trying to get control of the wishing machine. Yeah. So what is the family? Like, I think eventually the family, like, they become, like, prisoners of war, right? You oh, know? yeah. I think pr- Dad Prime is probably, like, Dad Prime's probably captured by, like, the... Uh, okay, so here's here's what I'm thinking. The wife... We'll, we'll name the factions here in a minute or whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm going to look up the mom's name, the okay. teacher's name real quick. Because the, I think the factions would just call themselves, like, Doug faction or whatever yeah it's... well the the kid's name is doug I, what's the dad's name i don't even uh andrew andrew sandy collier okay uh okay so 
there's like Doug faction, Sandy faction, and Work faction. Yeah. And so I think Sandy faction abducts the dad, dad prime. Doug faction abducts the mom. Work faction abducts the kid. Yeah. And they're trying to. Like, what are the big things that each faction wants? Like, actually. So, like, Kid kid Faction, Doug Faction wants... Uh, well, here's what... I'm thinking maybe when they start it, there is... When, like, Dad Prime and the, the original three clones, they do, like, sort of a chore wheel idea of, like, this is how much time we're going to devote to each of these mm-hmm. things. And so as it explodes and escalates and like twists, it becomes like they want their thing to be the more, more resources and stuff put to it. And maybe they want the wishing machine used more for their thing than anything else. Like, yeah, what it like, I I had an idea of, and it's kind of a small thing, but maybe there's like a extra room in the house and there's like, mm. there's like, oh, what are we going to do with that room? And Doug faction like it it could be like a lot of the resource stuff before but like maybe like the last straw and like the act of war and what is being fought over is this room and it's like mm. um the Doug faction wants it to be like oh a game room for Doug and then yeah. mom faction wants it to be like oh it's like a reading room for mom and then like work faction wants it to be like a office space for dad i think mom faction like is as mom maybe expecting and wants it, I think maybe that's how, a way we end the movie is it turns out she's expecting, and then it's like, okay, no, it's a nursery. It's a nursery. Yeah. But, but what is, I don't know, like, I don't know if I think Doug wanting it as a room for him, like a playroom or something, fits. Yeah. I don't know. And dad wanting it as like a den or like an office works. I don't know if mom wanting it to be her own personal reading room. Yeah. I would just think as she was a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe like a general like reading room for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think if having it at the end, no matter how he settled the war, I think mom realizing she's expecting. Yeah, and it turns into a nursery. Yeah, and a dumb joke could be that she's gonna have triplets because we've got oh, three clones. Jesus. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Not anything untoward about it being triplets. I just mean as a joke that because they just finished a thing with three dad clones, her realizing that she's gonna have triplets is yeah be funny. Okay, so that's good. A question also is how escalated is this going to get in scale? As in, like, do they take over the town or is it just within, like, the house? The thing is, like, it couldn't be, like, armies, right? It has to be, like, maybe, like, like yeah. how many is in each faction? That's, yeah, I mean, that's a thing, too. 15 each, maybe? Like, 45 dads? Yeah, <laughs> my 45 dads. That's still 45 people in a house waging some yeah. sort of war and that's what I i'm think saying they, is i think they have to take over the neighborhood for sure okay um i don't know why the police don't come in or something um maybe it's because they're architects they built their own like society <laughs> uh <laughs> like, oh no i think it's because the only person who tries to call the police is conspiracy neighbor 
And they've yeah. just stopped taking, like, they've stopped, oh, yeah, we'll be right out. And they just, like, hang up and don't ever answer his calls because it's always, like, aliens, clones, whatever, like. What if they overwhelm, I think they take over a lot of, like, the neighborhood houses, including mm-hmm. Conspiracy Neighbor and all the other neighbors and stuff. And, like, all those people are prisoners of this war over this room. And the dads are so organized and stuff. Uh-huh. And they're, like, squads. They overwhelm the people. So they, like, cut the phone lines and everything. That's an easy, they just can just cut the phone lines. They don't even have to overwhelm all the houses. I mean, that's, I'm yeah. fine with it, but also we could keep it slightly mm-hmm. more contained if we wanted to by just having them cut all the phone lines. Yeah, and it can, and this, this movie can happen over like a few days period, oh, so yeah, it's yeah. not like, like it's like so long, it's like there's this thing happening. Um, the internet's not really a thing at this point, or it's not as an accessible thing, so not everyone has like internet to like call people or like... This movie came out in '97, so mm-hmm. I guess the internet was a thing, but it wasn't. You didn't. People didn't talk on it as much as they do now. So, and I guess cutting the phone line in '97 would actually cut the internet line too. We could have this established that you know it's summer or something, and so like basically everybody in the neighborhood's gone to the beach. Like, okay, the neighborhood's basically empty. We set up that a is- dumb MacGuffin. Or, like, ex- explanation of, like, the, every, it's like Home Alone, where, like, the whole neighborhood's gone for the holiday. Well, that that's a good MacGuffin and fits in with the logic of this movie. So, like, the neighborhood's basically empty except for Conspiracy Neighbor. And I think as a fun joke would be, like, one other house. And so when the factions face off, like, the dad from one of the other houses is mixed in with the, the clone dads. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I agree with them. <laughs> I think the Sandy faction's right. I mean... Sandy has needs, you know? Sandy Faction makes some very good points. Every, and, that, and all those dads are like, shut up, Ron. <laughs> yeah, Ron, great. I was going to say Kurt, but Ron's great. <laughs> like, they're, they're, like, happy that he's there, but they're like, okay, yeah, sure, Ron, whatever, yeah. Yeah, I think the two other factions and, like, Dad Prime all like, shut up, Ron. Shut up, Ron. They all do a collective sigh anytime Ron talks. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we've got all this set up, so what's... I guess, like, you, you brought this up earlier, and I, we kind of decided it, but, like, what's the actionable thing at the end? I guess it's the who gets the room. Yeah. But we're still left then with 45 dads. I mean, I think the, um, what if, because the dads are clones, the wish machine doesn't work for some reason? For them? For them. Okay. That's why they also take prisoners. That's why they take prisoners, because they need them to make wishes for them. But, um, the... And none of them want to, I don't think, kill, like, any of the family, because that's, mm-hmm. like, obviously not, like, the family dynamic or something. Right, like, yeah, 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 of course. Yeah. They might want to kill each other, I don't know about that, but, uh, but, uh, I think they're doing, like, they have all those other people captured so they can make wishes for them once they gain control of the machine, and through the movie, it's getting changed hands from faction to faction, they're, like, stealing it from each other and everything. Maybe Doug is really the only one that can work the machine because he's the only one who knows how to work a computer. <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking like maybe the factions leave the house and take up in other houses. And so now they're each trying to get their prisoner into the house, maybe. Or mm-hmm. whatever faction took Doug. I think work faction is what I said at the beginning. It doesn't matter. I think work faction has the house and they have Doug in the house and the other factions are trying to take the house. Yeah. And the whole time, Doug's then can be working on the machine, trying to figure out how to undo. Maybe the machine breaks again. I don't know because otherwise, Doug could just unwish. Yeah. The thing. So there has to be a reason that he can't. That they can't just unwish it. Mm-hmm. 
maybe the conspiracy neighbor has something for the machine um, and they have to go over to that house to get it. And conspiracy neighbor is one of the prisoners of war over there because his house got taken mm-hmm. and he somehow communicates with Doug, like maybe through a walkie talkie or something. And uh, it's like, yeah, I have one of those over here, but you got to get over here. And it's like a madhouse over here. You're never going to get in. What if one of the factions kidnaps Doug and the machine, but they leave the computer? Okay. So Doug, and then that's one of the factions that's trying to get back into the house. So Doug has the machine. And it, maybe it can switch hands, but as long as it's not in the house, nobody can actually, like, use it. What if there's people have s- stolen the, uh, like, the power breakers, you know, like mm-hmm. the, or, like, the, the things in it for the house that the machine is in. And so, like, it needs, it needs electricity to work for sure. Maybe, like, Sandy Faction stole all the breakers and stuff. That's what they're called, like right? Breakers. I think so. Yeah, fuses, whatever. Just yeah, they steal yeah. the electricity. <laughs> they steal. They steal the electricity. They take the house's batteries. Yeah, and <laughs> they're holding that. But the house has the machine. But maybe the only place that still has a phone line is the neighbor's house or something. <laughs> like or something, you know. So like they need all parts together. Mm-hmm. I also because um, I I, I want to I think your working the neighboring idea could work, and so I think maybe a a meet in the middle would be that finally Doug has the machine. He has to get into the house. They have like the power breakers. They have they have to infiltrate the house without the faction knowing. And so they need conspiracy neighbor to help them infiltrate the house, like guerrilla tactics style. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's helping them like sneak into the house and get the machine set up and put the power breakers in. And then we can work conspiracy neighbor in in a bigger role than like the next door neighbor from Bewitched. Which yeah. it kind of was in this one. I think we're almost there then. It's just yeah. like we need to pull it together. Like I, I think Doug gets one of the breakers. I think the machine has to stay in the central house, right? Because it's like fragile. I guess and it is movable, right? Yeah, like, yeah, it's movable. Yeah. So I guess he makes a break for it at one point with the help of like a distraction from conspiracy neighbor. Mm-hmm. And um, he hands the fuse off and he's like, just go, go, go. And goes over and restores power to his house and then turns the machine on. And they're like, maybe all the dads are trying to muffle his mouth at the same time. And then like, they're all pulling in, but then prime dad comes in and he just starts like fucking nailing them. Like with like a baseball bat, yeah. <laughs> like, or it could be brutal, but yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking maybe what if, by the end of the movie, because, like, there's going to be some shifting parts of, like, stealing the machine, taking this hat captive back. Like, it's, which, going into the nitty-gritty, I think mm-hmm. it would be boring. But I think near the end, the prime dad, the mom, the kid, and the conspiracy neighbor are together. And they go to infiltrate the house. And I think at one point, maybe dad prime slips the bracelet off and pretends to be a clone to infiltrate. Yeah. And he's invisible, dad. <laughs> Because I think that we need to like keep the mom in this as well, other than just like hostage. Yeah. Pregnant hostage. Seems like a really kind of shitty way to just like write this character in. Yeah. So maybe she does the maybe we can establish that like she knows a, she's a teacher. She knows about elect like let's say electricity, but like she she's sure. the one who can put the fuses back correctly and get the power going. Dad yeah. slips in amongst the clones to uh and like since he doesn't have the bracelet on and they're not really paying attention to whether or not he's got like a missing finger or I don't know, maybe one of the dads pierces his ear or something like that's one of the factions. 
All right, so Doug gets it plugged in and wishes that all the clones would disappear. Uh, what's the lesson? Like, what is... Because the dad made the wish this time. The last one we learned, the kid learned, you know, oh, I, I shouldn't make, wish for my dad to disappear. You know, he loves me. He's doing his best. And this kind of stuff happens, etc. blah, blah, blah. I, I think um, they're together at the end. And then, like, the mom or the son says, you're enough, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think so. That's a good lesson for the dad. This one dad is enough for us. I think that's good. And then I think that's when the mom says, you know, all she like touches her stomach. And at that point, it'd be five. Yeah. Because she has triplets. And then the kid, Doug, and her. Yeah. And then the last scene is them like turning into a nursery and they each are holding a kid in the nursery or something. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, all the all the kids uh, have the face of the conspiracy neighbor. <laughs> it's like, what? Madison. <laughs> Come on. One of the kids is missing a finger. Yeah, one of the kids missing a finger. One of them has a scar down the face, and then, like, one of them is, like... But, yeah, we cut to, like, the end, um, and they're each holding a kid, um, and then it credits roll, and they all smile at each other, and they're like, ah ha 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 I think that's the end of the movie. Okay. Cool. We Oosh. did it. It wasn't that hard, actually. No, it was really good. All right, well, if you're sure we did it, I think that's credits on another episode of The Equalizers. Madison Jones, tell the people where they can find us. The people can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and everywhere else podcasts are found by searching The Equalizers. You can also get in contact with us on Facebook and Twitter at The Equalizers. Gmail, equalizers at gmail.com. We have an Instagram. It is the underscore equalizers. We like to post a teaser there, and God save you if you figured this one out. Yeah. As always, that's spelled E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S. Honestly, the the box art for this movie, uh, yeah. if you've seen it, like it could be one of our teasers. <laughs> like honestly, because it looks like something that we would like. Yeah, it's but, something. Yeah. Special thanks on our theme song rock thing. Go to Creo. You can find their work at www.creo-music.com. So, for The Equalizers, I'm Madison Jones. I'm Mike Knoll. We're a small podcast. We don't get the big movies that the big podcasts get. To be continued. My name is Jake. Just Jake. I can't tell you my last name, or where I live, or even promise you Jake is my real first name. What I can tell you What is absolutely true is that they are here. Have you ever looked up at the night sky and wondered if there was alien life out there? Stop wondering. They're called Yurks. They're here on Earth, and they aren't friendly. The Yurks are parasites. They're slugs that crawl into your ear and wrap around your brain and take control of your body. Anyone could be controlled by a Yurk. Your teacher? Your parents? You? Me and my five friends, Rachel, Cassie, Marco, Tobias, and Axe, are the only ones who have any chance of stopping the Yurks. Because we have powers. The power to morph into any animal we can touch. We are the Animorphs. Hear our story every Friday on Audiomorphs, wherever podcasts are found. <laughs>